Well, good morning, Lighthouse Church. So glad that you're with us. And uh, it's kind of hard to believe that uh, this weekend we were actually supposed to be up at Forest Home at the men's retreat. So two months ago, or it was something like three months ago, we started talking about it. Like, yeah, do you think we should go? Uh, Let's hold on to it. And now, I mean, I don't think any of us anticipated that we would two months in still be in this posture of waiting to gather together. And so we just want to start by saying we miss you so stinking much. We miss you a lot. Yeah. Anything you'd add? Uh, I just, I think we were all taking Sundays for granted, right? I mean, every Sunday morning you're like, oh, I got to get up. I got to go to church. (laughs) And now how many of you are wishing you could get up and go to church? I know for me, sitting in the back, I mean... Even while we were filming, remember the first few weeks of filming, I was still sitting in the back. And there's nobody here. He was like a lost little puppy, kind <laughs> of with his head down. Look, I didn't I know where people. to go. I didn't know what to do. So, so that's why we're, uh, we're doing what we're doing is because we miss you guys. And I think all of us will have that same respect when we get a chance to come back. Man, you're not going to have to come back to church. You're going to get to come back to yeah. church. And I don't know about you. I can't wait. Who knows still? I mean, we're still waiting, but who knows right. when we can do that. But when we do church, we're looking forward to all of you coming together, man. Easter yeah. just seems like it was forever. It really does. Forever ago. Yeah, at Easter. Five, five weeks ago, uh, after Easter, we decided to hit pause on our mm-hmm. Acts series. We are going to go back to it eventually, God willing. But um, five weeks ago, we hit pause so that we could sit in whatever that was percolating up for us. And we decided to lean into a posture that we really don't ever spend much time talking about in church, and that's the posture of lament. And as we've talked about before, lament is simply a cry from the depths of where we find ourselves, from the dark valley. And it's an honest declaration of what we're feeling. And I think a lot of times we avoid talking about the honest feelings of discouragement or whatever, because quite honestly, it almost feels like it is a an admission of a lack of faith. Yes. But that's just actually very contrary to what Scripture kind of paints it as. In fact, the very person who wrote the majority of the lament psalms, a guy named David, was called a man after God's own heart. And lament is anything but a lack of faith. One of the things that has really been an aha for me through this series is the idea that our lamenting, our being honest with God doesn't come from a lack of faith. It actually comes from a foundation of faith in our relationship with him, an understanding that he's a big enough God to handle our full range of emotions, all of our questions. Yeah. I remember remember someone online said the reason why we don't talk about it is because it hurts so much. I I don't don't remember who you were that wrote that, but that's the reason why it hurts. But it hurts for a reason. It's a good thing. We learned that last week. Pain is a good thing. It's a gift. It is. Yeah, and by the way, typically at this point, Jeff would be in the back uh, being able to interact with you guys in the chat room. Obviously, he's not able to do that today. Mark's up there today. But we got Mark Strachan (laughs) upstairs who is going to be interacting with you in the chat room. Yeah. We, We love knowing that you're here, but we would also love your input. This is a very unique opportunity sure. that the chat room gives us for you to be able to chime in and, and kind of share as well. Sure. So just know it's there, but if it's distracting, you can also turn it off and just right. worship with Hit us. that lower right corner. Yeah, totally. So I think that it would be helpful for us to begin today where we began the whole series five weeks ago, and that is with a Psalm of Lament, and in particular, okay. the first one that we started with. So let's go ahead and turn to Psalm 13. If you have yeah. a Bible, go right to the middle of it, to Psalm chapter 13. Psalm 13. Yep. And Jeff, why don't you go ahead and read this for us? Let me read it for you. Psalm 13. To the leader, a Psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? 
How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have prevailed, and my my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing of the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. Mm. You know, one of the things I love about Psalm 13 is that David's not pulling punches here. It's It's not like he's sugarcoating it or pretending that everything's okay. It's an honest cry, and yet it doesn't end there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just end with this fatalistic declaration, God, where are you? You're gone, and I give up. It ends with a declaration of hope, and I want to focus on the last two verses. So let's go ahead and throw those up one more time. This is how he closes this psalm. He says, I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. That's good stuff. And you know, that's not unique to the Psalms of Lament. In fact, the vast majority of them, although they come unvarnished right from the pit of despair in, in many cases, they all seem to end with this note of hope in the midst of the dark valley. Amen. Yeah. A kind of like, God, I see you working. And it's this weird dichotomy of sorrow and joy mixed in together, yeah. of, of despair and hope woven in together. And again, what we discovered as we've been kind of journeying over these last five weeks is that it's having a hope, a faith in God that almost becomes the vessel that we can pour our questions into. God, where are you? It comes from the expectation that God cares about us enough to be around. Sure. That he actually is there. We just don't see him often. Um, and so I think you and I have really been recognizing in the midst of this, yeah, there's been sorrow. I mean, we miss you. We miss being together. We miss some of the rhythms that have been thrown off. I miss my life group, being able to gather face to face. I'm so grateful we have Zoom, but man, I can't wait. I miss hugs. I know. Miss hugs? Not, not the same. <laughs> it yeah, what will high fives and shaking be like with gloves on? I'm still a little concerned on what that's going to be like, man. I don't know. I, I love this too about David too, that I mean, David, a man after God's own heart was, he was struggling. Right, And I'm wondering, like, how many people, how many phone calls have we taken? How many conversations have we had in the last six weeks, seven weeks, where, as believers, we're struggling with this, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an encouragement to know that someone who, who's referred to as a man after God's own heart, he struggled with. And I think that gives us some handles to kind of say, it's okay uh, to struggle with it because he's making a way. That's yeah. a song, Waymaker, right? He's making a way through it all, yes. through the fire. And even when I don't see it, you're working. That's right. And I think that that's what we really yeah. wanted to end this series on. We've spent four weeks kind of plowing through some of the, for some, really uncomfortable conversations. I know it's yeah. been kind of funny, the, the different responses we've got. Some of you are like, this is so good. This is like water for my soul. And others like, okay, it's been two weeks. Can we be done with this? It's been three weeks. Are we done now? Yeah. I've gotten some phone calls and some emails from some people after two weeks. I think so. Yeah. Probably 50-50 out there. But wherever you are in the camp, we're just glad that God brought yeah. it because clearly he's used it. Yeah. And maybe today when you hear some of the behind the scenes stories of what God has actually done, you too will realize just how significant this topic was. I'm really grateful you've done it, Pastor Eric. I'm I'm glad we have as well. And I'm so grateful for the voices that have come in. But we're going to end our series the same way that David ends his psalm. 
And that is with a recognition of God's goodness and some of the fruit that has grown in the shadow of COVID-19 and in this dark valley that we've been walking through. And we're going to organize some of the stories that you've shared with us, some of them that we have been kind of collecting along the way, and some of the videos that you've sent in. We're going to kind of break these into three categories that really go hand in hand with our purpose statement. Remember, Lighthouse is about making disciples who are growing in our relationship with God as we do life with one another and as we love our neighbors. And so we're just going to break them down in those three, loving God, loving one another, loving our neighbors. So let's start with the ways that we have seen people growing, their faith in God, their intimacy with God has grown through this. And I know, Jeff, one of the things you've been doing over the weeks is actually beginning to call through uh, the members of our church, connecting with them. And so why don't you share a little bit of what you've learned? Yeah, thank you guys for taking the phone calls. Some of you text uh, young adults, like the texting, some emails, all the different forms have just helped us keep in contact. And I think what's so awesome about that is that Isaiah was the one that said that God is responsible for making beauty from the ashes. Mm-hmm. And so as me and Eric started talking about the sequence of how all these stories relayed, um, it reminded me when Jen and I lived in Big Bear. Um, and during that time, there was this tremendous fire. And when you live in Big Bear, there's only a couple roads up there. And there's a lot of different things to be fearful for. But there's nothing quite as fearful as a fire on a mountain. Sure. Um, and unfortunately a lot of things burned and all that stuff. And I remember there was this little place at the end of the lake called Stanfield Cutoff. It was this beautiful little meadow and, and just seeing everything all burnt down and everything like that. I was, I was so despondent over fire and I was thinking to myself, why does this stuff have to happen? And I remember sharing that information with a local resident and he told me, wait till you see that meadow a year from now. And I remember I was a first time resident kind of in the whole situation. And so A year seems so long, but then a year later, we got a chance to go back to that same meadow. Mm -hmm. And man, all the vegetation that wasn't from that area and all the different things that were just kind of what I thought was beautiful were all gone. And the only thing that remained was that which was native to the area. Mm. And that meadow to me, even today, I still have a vivid picture of what was and what I was used to and what I thought was good. And yet what it looked like in its kind of completed splendor. And I couldn't stop but thinking, man, isn't that who our God is? You know, he makes the giant sequoias release the seed of the next generation of trees in fire. If there's no fire, there's no giant sequoias and they're high enough up in the canopy that they don't burn. Mm -hmm. Yet the fire clears the canopy away so that sunlight comes in and the same fire that burns everything on the bottom clears the path so the seed can fall. And I was just thinking, Man, if this isn't who our God is, and that's what I wanted to relate to you. So a couple of things for you, Lighthouse, to think about. Prior to March 15th and this Mm -hmm. whole thing stopping, we were having about 180, maybe 200 adults in the service. Would you realize that since we've been able to put the live stream out there, that we're averaging almost 400 views a week? Those are just IP addresses. I know, like, for instance, my wife is watching with the one family that we've been kind of sheltering in place with. And so there's six or seven people watching at the same time. 400 people on an average with who knows what that means. And Easter service had over 700 views. 700. Mm -hmm. Even on our best day, church, we couldn't put more than 350, 400 in the building. If that. And God has made this incredible footprint for Lighthouse to go out into the Mm -hmm. entire world. And talk about entire world, the Barone family out there in Houston, Texas, the the Bruffs out there in Hawaii, Aloha, Jimmy. I mean, North Carolina, South Carolina, Arizona, Washington, 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 Utah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the message is going out and connecting so many other Lighthouse people and people of God. 
And unlike our CDs, which are still stacked in the foyer, <laughs> we got frisbees. We now. got CDs for days <laughs> out there. Unlike the CDs, this message has brought lighthouse to so many other people, yeah. and that's something that could have not happened. We would have not had any idea. Along with that, some of the personal stories that have been incredible is we actually have a, a pretty good amount of people in the church that have massive amount of anxiety. And although you and I clearly don't have that same type of anxiety, for some people just getting up and going to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. for some people that literally causes tremendous stress. Yep. But would you believe that because of live stream, they found that there's a whole new medium that speaks to them. They're not worried about going to church anymore because they know church is going to come to them. And for some, some of the comments that I've had and people talking to me, they're so stressed and all of a sudden that stress has been relieved by the live stream. And they mm-hmm. wanted us to know how grateful they were that we've been able to put this medium out there. And we want you guys to know we're going to keep live streaming. Yeah. Even when we do get back together, this right. will be part of the church for hopefully years and years to come. You know what's amazing in that is we've actually had somebody in our church that donated to cover the cost of all Amen. of the equipment that we need in order to be able to live stream. Still to this day, we're, we're using borrowed equipment. But we are on back order to get our own equipment that's that we right. can get. Th- so, so moving forward, this can be something. And that's something I've wanted for years. I'm really grateful that we have. Now, one of the things that um, you pointed out to me a, a couple of weeks ago that made me laugh is that last March, we did a series called Slowing Down. You guys yep. remember that one? And in the Slowing Down series, we talked about this almost hurry sickness that permeates our culture, where we're constantly pushed from one thing to the next. And we were, I mean, it became a running joke in our church, uh, in our staff, that it's going to slow down. And, you know, we would be running a million miles a minute, 60-hour weeks, which to some of you probably doesn't seem all that much. And we would laugh, it's going to slow down. Never did. And it never did. (laughs) And yet, we would have loved to give all of you a sabbatical. Would have loved for you to have some time to be at home with your family and to rest. Enough time for your internal flywheel to slow down. But we couldn't have possibly done that. And yet this has done it not just for our church community. Not just for our city. But across the planet. There's almost been a forced sabbatical that has taken place. And I don't know about you. But the first month and a half... It didn't matter that everything else was slowing down. My internal flywheel was going a million miles a minute. If anything, I was going faster and harder than I had been long before this, this whole shutdown started. Yeah. It's only been in the last week and a half that I have felt myself starting to slow down, where I'm finding myself able to be more present with my family because my thoughts had been so scattered to everything else that was going on outside. It's not easy to do. I know that even for another person, they said just... The speed of church on yeah. Sunday I and mean, the comfort that you and I have an opportunity to speak at, they would hear something and then they would get stuck on that or get lost on that point and then they would kind of be lost for the rest of the service. I had someone uh, talk to me very specifically about what a joy it is to watch the message at home and then when something comes up that's difficult, they stop and they take a walk around the neighborhood, they let it process and then they come back and they watch it again. Mm-hmm. And they actually said over the last six weeks that they feel like they've learned more from church in the last six weeks online than they were ever able to learn inside a regular church service. For like the last six years of being a part of life. <laughs> I mean, who would know these deal. kinds of things? I mean, no matter what we don't know, you know, it's kind of like yeah. the great Oz behind the veil. God has continued <laughs> to do all these amazing things. Yeah. And I just wanted to share one final story with you that I think is just the summary of it all. 
um, one family, which is relatively new to the church, and I, I'll protect their names, but one family was going through um, a lot of difficulty kind of being home, but they had one thing to look forward to. Their daughter was pregnant, and they were really excited about looking forward to having that grandchild. And unfortunately, through a series of events, the child was lost, and the individual tried to call the church, but it was late at night, and so there was no way to really talk to anyone, mm-hmm. and started to develop a really serious migraine, and so out of desperation, late at night, decided to call the only phone number she had, which was mine, mm-hmm. and she could have not ever known in calling me in kind of the desperation that she was at that Jen and I kind of went through this with you, church, last year, and um, as difficult as that was going through that fire, it, it gave us some ability to fall back on something. It put handles on pain. Yeah. And I was able to kind of walk with this the individual through this situation and then also give her the information from my daughter who wrote and journaled for a full year. Because on, she's just walked through this a year ago. I mean, stuff that me and you could never know. I mean, who would know? <clears throat> and as I relayed, the story was relayed back to me, the daughters were able to communicate, my daughter with this other girl. And God totally took a situation that was devastating and heartbreaking and still is. Yeah. It doesn't remove the pain. It no. doesn't remove it. But it created a connection and an opportunity to see hope that a year later, my daughter was actually able to give birth to our granddaughter, Whitney, and how God miraculously moved pieces and created a whole new situation that wasn't just what it was, this little TV dinner. It was this food buffet of what God had created. And nothing to me summarizes beauty from the ashes like that, because if there's anything that says God, it's that the pain can still be there, the grief can still be there, but the hope is now infused in it. And and church, if you don't have hope right now, if you're going through something this morning and you don't have the hope of Jesus Christ in your situation, man, I pray that you get nothing else from this series that all of us have grief, all of us have pain. Because of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you too can have the most amazing hope. And I'm so grateful to know that this live stream is going to continue to go on, that we can continue to flex and adjust as messages kind of become made known to us, Mm -hmm. and we can continue to reach out to the people of God with what Whatever message it is, however difficult it is to hear, I pray that we would hear it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, there is pain and we're all experiencing it, but that pain doesn't get the last word. And just one last kind of throw in on that before we pivot. Um, I have seen as you and your family walked through the loss of your, what would have been your first granddaughter, your first granddaughter, God's taken care of her. You've now got another granddaughter. But... um, I watched how God used that to shape you and to begin to strip away and even open up your heart in ways that you can come alongside. Sure. And it's it, what I love is that oftentimes life throws a lot of manure at us and we can drown in the manure or if we're willing, God will take that manure and he'll spread it out and it's what he uses to begin to to help nurture the growth of a lot of spiritual fruit. And I've seen that fruit in your life. I've seen that fruit in your daughter's life. I've seen the fruit bear more fruit in other people's lives. And I just, I'm grateful for the ways that God can redeem our pain sure. in ways we could have never anticipated, ever. Amen. And I think all of us would, appre- uh, would prefer to avoid pain, but it's in the midst of pain that we grow the most. In this world, you will have yeah, you'll have not really an opportunity. There's no opportunity to avoid will have. Yeah, so and I love you, church. And thank you from the staff and all the people too. the support back then. Uh, there, there's never been a church in Jen and I's ministry that's been as supporting, compassionate and loving, not just to Jen and I, but our family as well. 
And so on behalf of everyone, yeah, my Colby Jane is not lost. She's yeah. never been more home yeah. and to this other family as well. Your, your granddaughter's never been more home than she is now. It's just another reason why I think heaven's so exciting. And I hope that it motivates you believers as well. I mean, heaven's going to be an awesome yeah. place, but... I mean, these are just some of the stories, Eric. Sure. I know there's a lot more we're going on. We're scratching the surface. What's some of the stuff going on, like, locally? Is there some stuff going on well, in the community? So, so we're talking, first off, on, like, our own relationship with God and how this mm-hmm. space is working. But what you just pointed out is a way that it actually begins to pour into our ability to love one another. Sure. And I'd love to just sit there for a second and go, man, I'm seeing a ton of ways that how we have been forced to do community has changed the way we do community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we first, like, it, like Jeff was already mentioning, there's so much of a wider uh, reach that we have than we would have. I mean, the amount of people that we're able to interact with on a weekly basis because of the live stream, because of the, I mean, before this, the last time I'd done a devotional, written a devotional was like 2017. Now I'm blogging every other day. And that's been something that it's kind of, you're a blogging machine, man. Some, it's of the, been fun. some amazing blogs. Brother. Well, it's been something that has helped me process through this. And it's been fun to be able to share it. Um, and even be able to share it beyond our little church when I throw it up either on my blog or on, on social media and the responses, like just the one I sent on, what was that Thursday, Thursday. about, yep. uh, kind of what it means to like when we can start gathering again. I threw that out on social media. Our mayor responded back and said, hey, I really appreciate kind of the posture you're taking. Shared it on her own social media. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) as we were having a phone conversation on Friday with the city workers and and pastors, called me out and just said, hey, I really want to affirm and appreciate the way the church is standing with us in this time as we're working towards a resolution, working towards being able to be back in the building. And there's going to be more information on that coming. I'll let you know, as I know, um, I would anticipate maybe even next weekend we'll have a, we'll, part of our conversation will be revolving around what does the path forward look like? Yeah, still unknown, but um, but yeah. Exciting. So this this wider footprint of of a reach is one thing. Um, the ways that we had started this year with this idea of sphere of influence. fully hoping that we could mobilize our church to be the church in our communities. And now I'm looking at how we haven't been able to not be the church in our communities because we couldn't just be the church in this box. (laughs) We've been forced out of the box and now we're doing what God has created us to do. And some of the stories that are coming from the unexpected community, I, I think of Teresa was sharing with me how uh, the ministry that she has to these young gals in young lives mm-hmm. who have young children and she's been walking with them and the ways that she has been able to come alongside of them and be a, a pillar of hope to them has brought her to tears. I think of um, Terry Phipps was sharing about how Tom, because he's been a- unable to get some surgery, has had some complications and has found himself in the hospital a couple of times through the shutdown. And that's yeah. been hard. And we've been praying a lot for him and others who have mm-hmm. found themselves in the hospital. But Terry was saying that one day as she was feeling and just in the pit of despair, she was walking around the lake in her community and she wa- ran across a group of people kind of sitting socially distanced in a circle by the lake praying. Wow. And she, she just kind of stuck around and was listening. And it wasn't made up of any one church. It wasn't like it was a life group. It, this was a group of Christ followers who knew one another from the community who just happened to say, we don't want to sit in our house anymore. We want to be out here. We want to worship and we want to pray. And they ended up 
turning towards her and said, we want to pray for you. And so they kind of stuck her in the middle and extended their arms and prayed over her. And she said the peace that came over her as her husband was still in the hospital, her wondering if he's ever going to come home. She said the body of Christ ministered to her in a powerful way. And Tom is home right now. And Tom, we're so grateful you praying are. For and we you, keep Tom. praying for you. Um, so that's another one. I that's know that you incredible. have experienced that in your own community. Yeah, I mean, my, my neighborhood is one of those communities, like a garage community, where once you turn left and kind of, you know, get in front of your house, the garage goes up and the garage goes down, and that's as much community as you have. Yeah. But uh, recently, a lot of the neighbors have gone to sitting in front of their driveways and kind of created kind of this path where you come in and everyone's in their chairs out in front of their house, and they're all kind of greeting. And not only has that been awesome, but a uh, family actually walked around and kind of was passing out cookies, and they got all dressed up in their Sunday best. And the best part about that is when I read the little card, it said, you know, their names and all that stuff. It just said, God bless you, Romans 15, too. Mm. And I was just like, I remember walking around trying to pass out my cards, and no one opened the door, and no one said anything. And now, all of a sudden, you know, here's someone bringing cookies. And by the way, the cookies were delicious, yeah, neighbor. It was just awesome because it's, it's, it's happening. Like, what we couldn't do, what we could only hope for, what we asked people to do, realistically, God has done supernaturally through this virus by creating community. I know it's difficult, but this is exactly what we asked for. Yeah, it really is. Um, I remember last weekend, right after church on Sunday, I, I, I went home, grabbed my dog because she kind of sits in the house all day waiting for a walk. So I took Sadie on a walk down Rochester like I do a couple of times a day. And I'd been praying for my neighbors regularly. That's part of my sphere of influence is Rochester Street. And as I was walking down the street, there's a, a particular neighbor that I interact with quite a bit. I love him and his family. Um, and it's only been since we started live streaming that he and his family have been watching. And so you guys might be watching. You know who you are. I'm not going to say your name, but I, I'm, I'm grateful uh, for our relationship that it's continued to develop through this. And he, on this particular Sunday, he came bolting out of his house and just wow. went, hey, I was hoping I'd see you today. I just want you to know that I was watching uh, the message and it brought me to tears. And this is this is like a, wow. a 65-year-old New Englander guy. He's from the East Coast. Tears aren't something that any, you know, buddy from there yeah. would probably admit yeah. to, right? He said, brought me to tears. And then he went on to explain that his father kind of left the family early on, and he had to raise himself, and he never really had anybody to confide in and process with, like a, a, a f- kind of a, a figure in his life to be able to process things. And he looked me right in the eyes, and he said, can we get together? Can we talk? Because I have Not stuff I just want to unload. And I'm just like, can we? Like, please, let's do it now. Wow. He's like, oh, no, no, you will get around to it. He's like, no, 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 I want to talk. Jeez. And I'm, I know that that's happening all over the place, that neighbors God. are connecting with neighbors in ways that we never have before because we actually have the space to couldn't do have. it. We couldn't have, you're right. Um, and I, I actually want to share one of the videos we got from Don and Jill because yeah. not only have Don and Jill been helping kind of minister in their own community, but they have been looking to some of our neighbors that we don't even know and bringing uh, some tangible needs, whether it's food or finances, kind of helping reach out to the neighbors that are most needy. And so I just want to share uh, one story that's come from the ashes. This is just a short glimpse of what I've been up to delivering food to families here within the city of Costa Mesa. 
and it's just absolutely wonderful to be able to do this with these families. Um, I just, this takes on a whole different um, uh, aspect of the whole thing of delivering food uh, to these families because you know we used to just give out boxes now we actually physically take the boxes to these families homes. This is one family in particular that um, comes to mind this family that couldn't even afford to buy diapers for their baby and this baby had a really bad diaper rash and I, I delivered the food and, and we delivered everything that, that they needed for, to take care of their baby and they were just so appreciative. So by the time I got home, I already had this, this little text with pictures of their family and the baby and just look at these joyous faces. Um, Don came home the other day after delivering a box of food to a family on the west side coast of Mesa and as soon as he got home he received a phone call and it was from Pedro but Pedro doesn't speak any English so Don handed me the phone I've been um, learning Spanish from um, preparing for our mission trips in Costa Rica and Mexico and I was able to talk with Pedro and he let me know that there's nine people in his family all living in this home um, and that he works in construction but he's only finding work like two days a week and he was so thankful to God and so thankful to us that um, we had brought this food to them and I've always had a heart for the Hispanic community in Westside Costa Mesa, but I feel like COVID has brought us closer. So for me, a silver lining is how it has presented a unique opportunity to get to know our neighbors better. Um, I now see lots of neighbors outside with kids drawing on sidewalks and families bike riding together. And in the past, it was rare to see people outside. Our neighbors ask us, can I pick up anything from you, for you from the grocery? And, um, and even in our Zoom calls for our small group, right now I get, I'm able to get glimpses into people's lives. I get to see their homes, how they decorate, their interests. I now even know the names of their pets and their pets. Um, so, you know, I saw a banner yesterday that says, COVID has not canceled community. And I, I love that. I love that. I just oh, love man. the way that neighbors are loving neighbors, whether they know them or not. Um, I, I've been a recipient of this. I went out one day uh, on my doorstep, and there was a, a bottle of wine, a bar of chocolate, and a roll of toilet paper sitting on my doorstep. <laughs> and, I, and I literally thought to myself, is which is the comment. most valuable here? This is just such a strange world that yeah. we live in that I'm most excited about the roll of toilet paper, oh, right? Man. Um, we've had the opportunity to care for neighbors who have needs uh, taking either toilet paper or uh, paper towels sure. or food to their homes. And we'll share a little bit more about that in a second. One of the, one of the stories that I love actually comes out of our preschool. We had a mom who, in the midst of all of this craziness, had a double mastectomy. Wow. Um, had went through this surgery. Their whole family's turned upside down as she's recovering. When the preschool families found out, and remember, our preschool families are hurting financially. A lot of them have lost their jobs. But when they found out that this family was going through this, they banded together and, and donated over $1,000 just to say, we love you and we want you to use these funds however you see fit. And like $700 of um, food, you know, like DoorDash uh, things so that they could get meals for themselves. And that's just, those are just a couple of the many, many stories we're seeing of how Praise the body God. of Christ has been the body of Christ. 
Um, another story, you know, as Don and Jill were mentioning, Don's been taking boxes of food to neighbors, uh, to people in our community that are hurting. Well, this is part of a much larger thing that was birthed out of the COVID-19 response. Because early on, we recognized there would be some who would be housebound, some who would be unable to get basic necessities that they needed. And so we just kind of threw out initially, hey, can we do something to help? And, you know, we said, instead of reinventing the wheel, there are ministries in our city who are already addressing these kind of things, namely trellis and, and primarily Fresh Beginnings Ministries. And so we said, can we bring the church together to rally around making sure our neighbors have basic necessities and that we're able to respond to needs? And so both Ian over at Trellis and Bill Nelson over at Fresh Beginning said, yes, we can, and yes, they have. And so I want to have uh, Bill Nelson share a little bit about what has come out of specifically caring for our most needy neighbors in our community. Hey, Lighthouse family, it's good to be with you this morning. It's kind of hard doing it this way, isn't it? I know that we all right now are, are wishing we could be together, and we will be soon, one day. This is Bill Nelson with Fresh Beginnings Ministries, and I'm coming to you from my warehouse. I just want to share with you some of the beauty that's come from the ashes of what we're all going through right now. Basically, Fresh Beginnings Ministries back in 2012 has asked us to provide probably around 300 boxes a month to families in need. Nowadays, we've been asked to, since COVID-19, we are supplying about 200 a week. So I'm asking right now for just more prayers for our teams. I want to be, tell you how thankful I am for all of the volunteers like these guys that are down here. They're helping us. They're so faithful. Jackie Cranston. I want to thank Byron and Diane Winicky. I want to thank Charlie. I want to thank Tim O'Mara. I want to thank all the people. Don Shannon, who's helping with the delivery. See, guys, it takes a village. And not only that, it takes an army to do what we're able to do right now. I couldn't do it with all of your support, without all of your help. And I am just amazed. And I'm, sometimes I'm so blessed beyond tears of what you're doing. So I want to encourage you. Stick together. Keep it up. If you want to know what we do, go to the website and see. But more than that, just pray for one another. Hold each other up continually. I love you all, and I can't wait to be together again soon. Did you catch that? One of, he said that before this whole thing, Fresh Beginnings was serving two to 300 boxes of food a month to families in need. And each of those boxes he mentioned to me can ha hold up to, I think he said something like 16 meals in a box. So this wow. is no small deal. Um, but he said that before this, they were serving maybe 300 boxes a month. Now, they're, they're sending out two to 250 boxes a week to people in our community. So there's an exponential wow. growth. Plus, it's the church coming together both to facilitate this. The churches are the ones who are donating the money to be able to buy these things, Amen. to be able to give them away. It's the churches that have come together to pack them. And again, he called out some names in our church. There are a bunch of you who are helping yep. carry the weight of this. Thank you. Some people much. might have ideas, but you guys are the ones who have been actually making it happen. And for those of you who have been helping pack, for those of you who have been helping deliver mm -hmm. these boxes, thank you for that. Thank you very much. And that's Thanks. just one of the ways that we've been helping deal with the needs of our neighbors. Another way that we did it was through this big uh, kind of food giveaway where a couple of, about a month ago, we had the first one 
uh, over 1,100 families were given boxes of basic necessities over at the Ikea in Costa yeah, Mesa. Saw that. Um, this was done in partnership with the church, with five of our community uh, you know, businesses, as well as the city getting involved and saying, we're in this together. And now that's happened twice. Ian's going to share a little bit about that in a second. Uh, that's one of the ways. Actually, you know what? Let's just go ahead and let Ian yeah. share a little bit more of what's going on. What's happening, Ian? Hey, Lighthouse Coastal Community Church. It's great to see you all. I hope that you're doing well through this cold COVID-19 experience. I know that some of you are probably experiencing some tough things. Others of you are probably doing well and uh, hopefully you're able to encourage each other through this season. Pastor Eric asked me to share with you some of the things that uh, as the leader of Trellis that I'm really excited about as a result of COVID-19. And, you know, there's so many things we've seen God do during this time. We've seen people come to know Christ through our food distributions. We've seen people recommit their lives to Christ. We've had over 60 people that we prayed for just at the last one. There's been so many experiences with people in their home. So obviously I'm most grateful for how Jesus has been working in people's lives during this time. But just on a practical level, the thing I'm most grateful for is just the level of collaboration and working together that we've seen just take off during this time. Um, without even having to initiate our pastors because of the platform of relationship that we built, have just started working better together. You, you saw that during the three weeks leading up to Easter, we had over 20 churches that just came together and for 24-7 prayed solid for three weeks. And then from that, one of our pastors decided to do a county-wide effort. And we saw 150 churches across our county pray 24-7 for a whole week. I mean, it was amazing. So we've seen this collaborative thing just growing through COVID. Um, and we had five businesses, five nonprofits, 15 churches work together on those food distributions to help over 1,100 families each time. Uh, it's just been amazing, the collaboration in our neighborhoods. We're starting to see neighbors get to know each other better. We're, we've had pastors come together and do the Enough for All Fund, where we've seen hundreds of thousands of dollars raised to help over 500 families. I mean, that stuff doesn't just happen under normal circumstances. COVID-19 has helped stimulate even more unity, and I'm so grateful for that, and I'm grateful for the part that your church has played in that. Pastor Eric and many of your people serving, it's just been a huge blessing. So thank you for being part of what God's up to during this COVID time. It's just kind of amazing wow. the way thank that God you, has been working in our city. We see little bits of it, mm -hmm. but there's so much. I mean, I, th I think about, and Ian mentioned this, the three weeks of 24-7 prayer that happened organically in the churches of Costa Mesa. 20 Beautiful. churches participating, hundreds of Christ followers from lots of different churches banding together to pray around the clock leading up to Easter. And then the inspiration being, hey, we could do this in our city, we can do this in our county, and 150 plus, I think the number was something like 170 churches jumping Praise in God. for a full week of prayer uh, over Seek Week. 
these are just a few of the things. And tomorrow I'm going to send out a, a devotional sharing a little bit more. There's so many more things Praise that I'd God, love man. to share with you. So, so many more things to get into. But we'll wait till tomorrow in that devotional. Today, I think it, the most fitting way that we can close, as we've been talking about the beauty that can come from our, the ashes of these dark valleys we find ourselves in, is to celebrate For sure. the symbolism of the greatest, be- most beautiful thing that has ever come from the ashes, and that's communion. Because we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made, the beauty that came from his suffering, the hope that was birthed out of his pain. Amen. And so hopefully you've gathered some communion elements. If you haven't, maybe hit pause, go and grab them and come back because we can do that. <laughs> we can do that um, now, yes. Maybe. Okay. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Jeff and I are going to grab a piece of bread from... Different sides of this bread, and I, I got way more than you do. I got, I got too much body okay, here, baby. we're going, yeah. Okay. We'll thin it down there. We'll get anyway, it. we're good. The bread reminds us that Jesus' body was given for us. Thank you, Lord. And we, every time we take it, we remember that he suffered so that we don't have to, that he died so that we could have new life. And so let's take this together in celebration of his love for us. And in that same meal, I got a lot of body in there. <laughs> in that same meal, he took a cup and he said, this cup symbolizes my blood that's being shed to cover you. Thank you Lord. And every time we drink this, we think about the fact that it's by his blood that we have hope that the brokenness of this world doesn't get the last word. It does not. And so let's take this cup as an act of remembering his love for us. Thank you, Lord. And let me pray for us. And then we're going to go into a time of worship, time of response. Father God, I thank you for loving us. I thank you for the ways that you don't abandon us as we walk through these dark valleys. You are our shepherd. And we recognize that you're here with us, right here in the midst of the storm. Yes, Lord. Here with us in the midst of the shadow of COVID-19. That's right. And you not only protect us and guide us through it, but you are using this pain, this discomfort, this distance to do immeasurably more than we could have ever asked or imagined. Mm -hmm. And we are grateful, Jesus, that because of the cross and because of your willingness to give your life for us, the brokenness and pain of this world doesn't get the last word. No, it does not. That is the hope that we have in the midst of this valley. Thank you. We simply want to respond now as a family and saying thank you for loving us. Thank you for walking with us. Thank, thank you, you for not only seeing us through this, but thank you for using us to radiate hope and love into this sin-darkened world. Pray these things, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together. Let's worship.
feel good. That I do was too. great, man. Praise God. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really grateful Amen. that despite the distance, despite being in different places, we get to gather together as family Thank and you, we Lord. get to celebrate. And I know we're just scratching the surface. So keep sending in your stories of where you're seeing Please. God move. Please, yeah. we want to hear more of them. It has blessed my soul this week to be able to hear the stories of how God has been moving in your life, yeah, in your community, sure. and in the wider community. And I want to let you know that I have really recognized that one of the questions that a lot of people are asking right now is what does the path forward look like? When do we get to start coming back to church? And I just want to remind you, we're the church. This is just a building. This is just the box we gather in. But I still value that. And Teresa, I agree with you. I can't wait till the barbecue we have out in the parking lot with slides (laughs) and all that kind of stuff celebrating. And we get to be a community together again. Hugs for everyone. (laughs) So toward that end, next Sunday, we're going to have a one-weekend standalone conversation. I'm going to have my buddy Ian from Trellis be here because he really has been the point of the spear working in our city to say, what does it look like to move forward and to work together to be the church moving forward? Our desire is that we would be able to gather together sooner than later. We're going to talk about what that looks like next week. But for now, would you just pray us out? For sure, for sure, for sure. Father God, we just thank you for what has been and what continues to be a blessing to, uh, to pick up our cross daily, Father. It's just a, it's something that we've read, and today we got a chance to actually live that out. And I'm so grateful for all the stories. Like Pastor Eric said, I mean, who could know the vastness of your stories? Who could know the miracles that you've actually done? Who, who knows even today what, what word of encouragement or hope that you're speaking to someone. But Father, I pray that it would continue to be so. We realize that in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have all that we could ever want or need. We're on the winning team, church. We're on the winning team. It doesn't matter what the scoreboard says. Take hope. Take great hope that God is good and he will overcome because that is the promise that he gave us. I will never leave you or forsake you. And I pray, Father, today that people would just be reminded where they are, that you will never leave them. And if for some reason someone's out there this morning and they have not made that profession of faith, they have not made that decision to make Jesus their hope, that I pray that they would not take another breath without realizing how much they desperately need Jesus, how there'd be nothing to talk about in this building. There'd be nothing to celebrate today if it wasn't for Jesus. Please make a profession of faith. Please ask Jesus into your heart today. It's a first step for the rest of your life as he gets to walk with you from the fire, through the fire, to make beauty from the ashes. Thank you, God, for making this day all about your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. 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 Blessings, church. We love you guys. guys. See you next week.